Podcast. I'm your host, Big Sarge. And on the line with me today, listen, before I even introduce him, I have literally known this young man his whole life. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know if that's telling me I'm getting old or I can finally say, you know, I, I kind of remember you when you was born. You know how old people like to lie. Like I've been knowing you since you was knee high to a duck butt. But this young man I got on the phone right now is is someone I actually have known since he was knee high to a duck butt. I mean, when I say that his grandmother used to feed me after school because I went to school with his daddy and his uncle. When it, when when I say his grandma used to feed me after school and had good food, oh man, it was great. So on the line with me right now, I have Bryson. Red Nation blog on Twitter, and he's an admin for the Bias Sports Talk group on Facebook. How's it going, nephew? What's going on, man? Hey, listen, it's finally, I'm glad to finally have you on the show, on the podcast, you know, since we go back and forth on uh, on Twitter so much, and, um, you know, and, and I'm going to get into this a little bit later on, but man, that whole Anthony Davis thing that, that, uh, that started, man, where did the millennials come from, bro? Do you have like a millennials wasp nest or something? Because they came out of nowhere to attack me. I'm just saying, man. Like, I don't, I don't mean to send my people out on people, but sometimes they just they do too much, you know. <laughs> they get too happy. They get too happy. They be ready to pounce, you know. I, I see that. I see it. But then I had you, you see how I had to come back with. Them. I was like, I'm not gonna get into no conversation when you think that Joe Osteen built. Uh, Lakewood Church when it used to be the summit. <laughs> you ain't never known that the Rockets played on channel 39 and 20. <laughs> so I was like, all right. And yeah, like these millennials came out of nowhere. I'm saying to myself, don't y'all got some skinny jeans to try to put on or something? <laughs> so look, let's go ahead. Speaking of skinny jeans, let's just go ahead and jump right into this thing. So on Thursday, and, and, and I think I said this the other day on the radio, but Every time a blockbuster trade goes down and something happens, I'm asleep. When the Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, uh, when Kawhi Leonard signed with the Clippers and, you know, the Paul George trade went down, I was asleep. I woke up the next morning. I was like, what happened? And that's <laughs> the exact same thing that happened on, on Thursday because I got in from the All-Star game late, uh, about 3.30 in the morning on that Thursday morning. So I was jet-lagged the entire day. So I was asleep and I wake up and I look at my phone and I'm saying to myself, like, this can't possibly have happened. When the Rockets traded for Russell Westbrook, they traded Chris Paul and two picks to the Oklahoma City Thunder for Russell Westbrook. How did that make you feel as a Rockets fan? It was it was a very like weird, eerie feeling, you know, like you kind of felt like it wasn't real. You kind of felt like this isn't real life like I'm dreaming, like at least for myself. And, you know, in all honesty, 
we would have been right back in the mix, first round, second round. But the way that Chris Paul's body has eroded, going, you know, all of year two, and you know, going to, and going into year three, it wasn't with, with Paul George and Kawhi going to the Clippers, with LeBron and Anthony Davis in LA, with Utah getting better, Portland getting better, pretty much every team in the West adding pieces. It was kind of like with Chris Paul, we wasn't going to get back to where we need to be. But just off of Harden, we would have made the playoffs. But in terms of actually winning, it was it was getting Russell Westbrook was the best thing that could have happened. So let me ask you a question then, Bryson. And once okay. again, you're tuning into the Sports Talk uh, Sports Talk with Big Sarge podcast. And I got Bryson Red Nation blog on Twitter and admin of the Buy Sports Talk group on Facebook. Here's the thing. And because you watch just as many Rockets games as, as I do. Don't you think that if the Rockets would have changed their system, if Mike D'Antoni would have switched to a, a, a more traditional offense at some point in time, that you could have gotten at least two more years out of Chris Paul instead of, you know, making him take all these jump shots and having him off the ball instead of putting Harden off the ball and letting Chris Paul run the offense. In game four of the uh, – uh, in game four – in a series against the uh, Golden State Warriors. I don't know if you remember this or not, but I think it was the fourth quarter where Chris Paul had a sequence, like three or four sequences where he just took over, moved Harden out the way, and it looked like a real offense for that amount of time. And then after that, they went away from it. I honestly don't remember that. <laughs> yeah, so it was it was it was in it was in game four um, in Toyota Center, and it was like in the fourth quarter, Chris Paul got the ball, and he moved He moved Harden out the way. He told him, go to the wing. I got this. And in and, and like three or four possessions, he scored, he scored twice himself, and he also set up um, um, two of his players to score. And I'm saying that if they allowed him to run this type of offense, it would be good. So do you think that if D'Antoni would have been willing to change some of his system, y'all could have got a little bit more out of Chris Paul? That's, that's, very, that's a very, very – good possibility you know I, I it's, it's two ways to look at it you know I mean of course that's a very good way to look at it but that's not the way that personally that I see it for myself you mm -hmm. know and we had these I'm sure we had these conversations but last year the Rockets won 65 games playing a certain way and Chris yeah. Paul was effective playing that way you go to the Western Conference Finals you have your best season in franchise history by far you know, you go to the playoffs and you become, you you know, you're one game within of, of beating the Golden State Warriors, a team that everybody loves how they play. They, they, they you know, they, they, you know, love the ball movement of the team and everything like that. And then, you know, the Rockets style, the way that quote unquote can't win, you almost beat that team that everybody loves playing that way. So I would understand, like, as a, as a franchise, as an organization, as a coaching staff, like that style of ball almost got us to, the, to where we wanted to go. Why not continue to run? And that, with, with, with Chris Paul being in and out of the lineup last year, James Harden had kind of took over the reins of what the offense was going to look like. Gotcha. So during that time when it was Capella, Gordon, and uh, Paul out, and it was just all James Harden, which, side note, that's why I said Harden deserved the MVP over Giannis this year. And, you know, I, I listen, being in the media – I know that I well, I knew that he wasn't gonna win it because there's a media bias against James Harden. Some people think that he doesn't play the game the right way. And I say to him and, and I told them, you don't think he plays the game the right way, but where is he cheating the game? 
well, he gets through the free throw line too much. I was like, that's not against the rules, though. He is playing within the confines of the rules, and y'all don't like the way that he's playing. Y'all, and I said, if you if you look at it, he can do what I said. If you switch teams, that's what I said. Excuse me. I said, if you switch teams, if you put James Harden on Milwaukee and put Giannis on uh, the Rockets and and take three players away and, and put Giannis under that adversity that James Harden, there's no possible way he could lead the team like James Harden led the team. That's what made me. Uh, that's what made me upset about the about the entire thing. But going back to you know to to what we were talking about with Chris Paul, I honestly and truly think that he could have been just a tad bit more effective if the offense would have changed. And I don't think that Mike D'Antoni was was willing to change. I don't think that Mike D'Antoni wanted to change. Now, with that being said, you got a player coming in here, Bryson, that. Uh, I've watched his entire career because I'm, uh, well, you know, my my fandom is on the is on the uh, line right now uh, <laughs> because you know KD is my favorite player, but I did not want to root for the Golden State Warriors. I just did not. So I stuck with the Oklahoma City Thunder, and you know, watched Russell Westbrook, and I said, well, if Russ gonna stay there, then I'm gonna stay there. And now that he's gone, then I may be like a Nets fan. But um, <laughs> watching Russell play his entire career, there's two things. One, I know that he's an erratic shooter sometimes. He can be. But two, he's never played for a coach that could coach him. Scott Brooks couldn't control him. Billy Donovan couldn't control him. Mike D'Antoni is a player's coach. What's going to happen once you all get him into, you know, on the sideline when something doesn't go his way? Do you think he blows up? Like, do you think that his, his attitude may be too volatile to play for the Rockets? Um, I don't, I don't think so because I don't, I don't remember ever hearing anything publicly or privately. I'm sure there have been talks privately, but I don't remember ever hearing anything publicly about Russell Westbrook feuding with a coach. I don't remember him ever publicly or during the game or, you know, in the article throwing anybody under the bus with coaching, you know, when it comes to Billy Donovan or when he came to Scott Brooks, he's never, you know, if, if anything, James Harden has, you know, less, you know, a worse way for coaches than, you know, well, there's been, but there's been times when Billy Donovan has, has tried to pull Westbrook out the game and he wouldn't come out. He just told him, no, I'm not coming out. And so that's what, you know, because I've watched, like I said, I've watched Russell his entire career. I've watched every game he's played in the NBA. And so he got to that point with Scott Brooks. He got to that point with Billy Donovan to the point where he's like, I'm not coming out. That's why I was surprised that he wanted to come to the Rockets. Like he needs a coach like a Popovich. Or um, what's the coach that used to coach for Memphis that coaches in uh, Fisdale up in New York? Yeah. He needs somebody that's going to tell him, look, Russ, I don't care. Like, you can say what you want to say. You're going to come out of this game. I'm prepared to lose my job. Or Alvin Gentry, somebody he he's, he respects. I'm not saying he doesn't respect Mike D'Antoni, but I know Mike D'Antoni's attitude. So you don't think at no point in time, that there may be a, a time where he's going to say uh, a, a test Mike D'Antoni to see where he stands. Uh, I mean, possibly it might be conversations. I'm not going to say that it's going to be all you know peaches and cream the first year, and it's not going to be any type of adversity. I definitely think that it's going to be a challenge. But I mean, I feel like when you in a situation like Russell Westbrook, where he's in his what 11th season, you know, going you know going on his 12th season, he's 30 years old. 
and you and you playing with James Harden in a situation where that show, you know, they said they know each other since they were ten years old. So yeah, and the way that you're playing isn't working. The way that Harden played came the closest to working, but then the Chris Paul, you know, erosion started to happen. You know yes. what I mean? And so now you get a, you know, I'm not gonna say. Russell Westbrook is the same. Like you know, they they not wired different. They not wired the same at all. Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook play a completely different brand of basketball. But for what Chris Paul did in his system, Russell Westbrook can do it. You know, can do with this system as well. The only thing that would be slacks off is you know his shooting, obviously, and his maybe you know his decision making. But he makes up for that in other areas. So, but I just feel like you know when you have when you have players that are like later in their careers and they've accomplished everything that they can accomplish individually and it's time to get a chip, you get a certain mentality. I could be totally wrong about this and it could go wrong. And, you know, him and Mike D'Antoni could be at odds, but you never know. I just feel like that's not that type of situation. And that's what I wanted to ask you too, because Russell Westbrook shot 29% from three-point range on uh, on last year. And, you know, a lot of that had to do with too, by, uh, with the fact that he, when Paul George got hurt, he had to start hurling up a lot of uh, uh, a lot of more more shots when Paul George got the shoulder injury. If you look at his stats after the All Star break, is is actually when um, Paul George got hurt. He had to start doing a little bit more compared to what he had to do the first half. I'm not trying to give him you know any excuse or anything like that because he's never been a great three point shooter. He's streaky at best. If he gets to going, he can he can hit you like five or six threes, but he can also miss ten threes for you. Yeah. But, you know, if you look, honestly, you, what you said was right about how, you know, the, the dynamic of the team switched, you know, when Paul George had started getting hurt. But if you look, if you look at it, Russell Westbrook, it just seemed like the entire time Paul George was healthy, Russell Westbrook couldn't hit a shot. As soon as Paul George got hurt, Russell Westbrook started becoming more efficient post-All-Star break. He started shooting from the field better. He started shooting from three better. It was it was kind of crazy to like look at like oh you couldn't shoot when Paul George was scorching you know everybody and then as soon as Paul George get hurt and he can't hit a shot now you getting better now you're getting more efficient it was kind of crazy how it worked out I think that it was more too by the fact of I don't think that he came in uh, in the first half of the season thinking about scoring he was just thinking about getting the rebounds getting the assists getting the ball to Paul George trying to, I guess trying to show people that he's actually changed and now that he has somebody that he can play with like when he used to play with Kevin Durant now somebody he can get the ball to somebody that he trusts for the longest time after Kevin left and before Paul George got there he didn't trust a lot of people and you know watching him he would start off a game Russell Westbrook always starts a game to see who's hot see who's going to be effective. If you're not going to be effective, then he says, then I got to put it in my hands because I don't want to lose and I'm going to do whatever it takes for us not to lose. Now, you got two alpha males on that Rockets team now in uh, in Russell Westbrook and James Harden. But like I said, and Russ, Russ doesn't shoot the three good. What what happens when these defenses, defenses back off of him and don't let him get into the paint? And, and, and dares him to shoot now because you really couldn't do that with Chris Paul. I mean, that's I, okay. Chris Paul is has always been a better shooter than 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 Russell Westbrook and always is probably is to this day. But last year, Chris Paul was not scorching in, in the postseason. He was not. He had one good, great game in the postseason last year, and that was Game Six, which is the game that the Rockets got eliminated in. It seemed like he saved all of his juice. 
specifically for that game because he was just – he almost had 30 points. It was crazy to watch. Because um, game five, he was not good. Yes. Game five, three or 14 from the field, 0 or 6 from three. You yeah. know, that's that's what he did game five. Russell Westbrook, if he's struggling, if he's 0 for 6, he can still get you 28 points. Yeah. He can still get past his man in isolation. He can still do a whole different a, – a whole a, a lot of things – you know, to affect the game if his shot is not falling. Chris Paul, if his shot wasn't falling, the only thing he had left was his passing ability. And you can't depend on role players time after time to make every single shot. At one point, at some point, you have to be the star and take over. That makes perfect sense. Listen, we're about to take a break. But when we come back, man, I want to get the uh, – I want you to tell me what, what you see um, as far as the Rockets season is concerned with now that they have Russell Westbrook, where do you see them going and how they will, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll do this. I want to know your season outlook and then we'll do your way too early top five for the Western conference. How about that? All right. All right. So once again, tuned into sports talk with the big Sarge podcast. I got Bryson from the red nation blogger and the bias uh, sports talk. It's bias sports talk on Facebook. Correct. Yes, sir. Yeah, and they a bunch of millennials over there, too. <laughs> we'll be back. Hey, what's going on, y'all? Big Sarge here, host of the Sports Talk with Big Sarge podcast. And down here in the state of Texas, we are known for our great tasting barbecue. If you're looking for the best quality meats and full catered dinners at a very inexpensive price, make sure you contact Victor Smokebox Barbecue and Catering. Family owned and operated by Kevin and Ashley Victor, they are ready to handle all your catering needs. Just call 832-414-2409. Once again, that's 832-414-2409. Or follow them on Facebook at The Smokebox BBQ. Victor Smokebox Barbecue lives by the motto, We cook it low, you eat it slow. I'm out. Hey, welcome back. Tune in to the Sports Talk with Big Sarge podcast. I'm your host, Big Sarge. And I got my nephew on the line right now, the Red Nation blogger on Twitter and the Buy Sports Talk uh, group on Facebook. Now, Bryson, I got to ask you this. The Rockets made some really good moves that I had been advocating for on Twitter. I said, you got to bring back Austin Rivers. And they brought him back. I said, you got to get um, Daniel House Jr. back into the fold, and that's what they did. They also brought in, uh, they, they also brought back Gerald Green. They're going to get ready to sign Hardenstein to a guaranteed contract. They got Gary Clark Jr. They got, um, what's the guy's name that plays point guard in the, uh, for the Summer League? Shamari Pons. The other one. Chris Kims. Uh, yeah, that one. The one that, uh, he's the one that led the, the uh, nation in scoring last year, right? Yes. Yes, I like him too. But he looked like he should play safety, but that's another story <laughs> for another time. So the Rockets have actually put together a good group of role players around Harden and Westbrook to go along with PJ Tucker, to go along with Clint Capella, to go along with Eric Gordon. Where do you see them? Uh, well, what do you see their season like? Before I ask you about the, the the Western Conference top five, where do you see this team? Uh, let's just say by the end of the season going into the playoffs on next year? Um, top three seed in the West and one of the favorites to get out. I'm sure uh, if you go by, if we talk about national media standards, then the Rockets are going to be like 
third, fourth, or fifth on the list. But if we're going by, like, I mean, I feel like my standards are realistic. Some people may not feel that. Some people may feel like I'm a homer. But I feel like, personally, championship is definitely a possibility for this basketball team. I, I do. I feel like in, in the West this year, it's going to come down more more to role players and who's healthier than it's ever has before. Because Harden and Westbrook is star power. Kawhi and PG is star power. LeBron and AD is star power. Those are like the the the, the strongest stars in the West. You know, assuming Golden State, if Clay can get back healthy, they'll definitely be in that tier one group as well. And it's going to come down to which team has the better third, fourth, fifth option that can make plays, that can make shots, that can make stops. That's what it's going to come down to because the stars are going to do what the stars are going to do. Yeah. It's going to be about which team is coached well, which team is, you know, executes, and that's what it's going to be about. And I feel like the Rockets bench with Daniel uh, House, with Austin Rivers, with Gerald Green getting minutes here and there, and, you know, Russell Westbrook mostly running that second unit, we'll definitely be a we have, we'll cause trouble for anything. Uh, were, were you let, – let me ask you this question. Happier that you got Westbrook or would have been more happy if you would have got Jimmy Butler? Um, I think I'm I think I'm happier with the Westbrook one because you get to keep EG, you get to keep Clint Capella. If you trade for Jimmy Butler, you still have Chris Paul, who, who can be effective but not as effective as Russell Westbrook. And then you get Jimmy Butler but at the cost of, uh, of a little bit of depth and now you have no center. Do you do you think that Jimmy Butler is a top ten player in the NBA right now? Uh, no, I don't think he's top ten. I, I do believe that it's fluid, though. I mean, if somebody wanted to put him in there at like nine or ten, I would I would listen. You know, I, I would because I mean, in the playoffs for the 76ers, he was their best player. That's on the team with Embiid and with Ben Simmons. Yeah, I made a case. Uh, I think it was last year when I was doing my show that. I, I think I can name you 15 players in the NBA. I think that's better than Jimmy Butler. Like, I honestly and truly think I can name you 15 players that I think are better than Jimmy Butler. He's top 20, but I, I, I don't see Jimmy Butler as a top 15 player. And so that's that, fine. That's fair. Yeah, and, that, and that's why I kept saying, I, I kept telling them, um, I did the podcast called you don't uh you don't need a butler when you don't need a butler to clean your house. You already got Daniel House Jr. I feel like Daniel House Jr. can be Jimmy Butler the more they coach him up, the more they allow him to play, the more that's a that's a big I, when you say that, I feel like that's a lot of expectations. That if Daniel House turns out to be a Jimmy Butler type player, that instantly extends James Harden and Russell Westbrook window of productivity. It, Instantly. And it will. Because I've watched Daniel House play. I, I've seen his intangibles. I've seen what he can do. And you, I, I put it like this. You remember when they sent him back down to the G League? If yep. he would have stayed in the G League, Daniel House Jr. would have been the MVP of the G League. He played in a totally different system. He played in a system that allowed him to run, to use his ability instead of just putting him on the wing. Sometimes when, yeah. when Mike D'Antoni would let him go, you, you could see – like wow, this kid is because he can get to the rim. No, you you're definitely right. The crossover that he has and the shooting ability that he has, I was upset that they didn't use his skill set more because Chris Paul was eroding. So I'm like, if Chris Paul is not effective in isolation, and you have Daniel House out there, let him go. Yes, and, and here's the thing: over time, Daniel House Jr. will be a better a better shooter, more efficient shooter than Jimmy Butler ever was. 
Because Jimmy Butler is not a great shooter. He's yeah, he can shoot that three. House can and, shoot and that how, three. And that's what I'm saying. House can shoot that three. So if you get him and you allow him to play and you get the right people to coach him up, because at some point you got to say, look, we're going to have to take the chains off this young man. And I don't mean that, you know, in, in any yeah. bad way. But you're going to have to unleash him and say, look, we got a dog over here. And I put it like this. Daniel House Jr. is one of those guys that when he step on the court, you're really at his mercy because he can get past you. And if you back off of him, he's going to shoot. Now, I'm not he doesn't shoot like James Harden, but he is an effective shooter. And you're right. You're right. And I, I hope you're 100% yeah. right, man. I hope this comes to fruition. If he turns out to be a Jimmy Butler player, I'm going to praise you. I'm, I'm going to say you predicted yeah. this. Everybody was asleep because I think House could be a really good role player. But when you say Jimmy Butler, that's – that's a lot of expectations. So I'm okay with passing to Jimmy so, Butler if Daniel House turns into him. Here's the thing that I think right now. So when people look at Jimmy Butler, they say, yeah, he's a great slasher. You can get to the, you know, get to the rim. He's what? Uh, he, he's just a 2021 uh, career average score, if I'm not mistaken. But they give Jimmy Butler a lot of praise for his defense. And if once Daniel House learns to play defense, because that's one of the reasons why did you notice Daniel House didn't play a lot in the Golden State Warriors series? Of course, his defense was his defense was bad. He he always in the switching style. He would always be like late, or he would get beat. Every and he's time. but he was a rookie too, going up against the a team that's been to yes, the championship of course, of course. four times in a row. But that's why he didn't. Yes, play. and and he got into. I don't want to say he got into Mike D'Antoni's doghouse. Mike D'Antoni's just like the moment is too big for you right now. And he understood that. Yeah. But, I mean, you got to look at it like this, too. I'm saying to myself, it doesn't hurt to play him. You got Eric Gordon is, is lost in the sauce sometimes. You got um, Chris Paul got lost in the sauce. He even admitted game six when they lost at the um, Toyota Center. He admitted when Clay was getting hot, he said, I made a false step. And it allowed Clay. He said, I thought Clay was going one, one way, and he actually went the other. So that's on me. And he's like, and, and some of that happened all night. So uh, all I'm saying is once Daniel House, you know, gets more time in the league, I, I think like this year, if they, you know, with, with him signing the contract and him, you know, having that, not to think about I'm going to be sent back down to the G League. I don't know, you know, if I'm going to get a guaranteed contract. Now that he knows that he has a guaranteed contract, man, he like, because, you know, he's been playing at the Fondy, right? Oh, yeah, I've been seeing uh, clips of yeah, yeah, man, and uh, so I talked to, uh, you know, Kelly uh, Eco from The Athletic. I talked to him all the time, and he's like, bro, like, he's like, he's dominating this league. And so I, I, I agree with you. I, I want to, before we go to the break, give me your top, your way too early top five teams in the Western Conference. Way too early, okay. Definitely going to go with my team, the Houston Rockets. Number one? Uh, one. Okay. Yes, sir, the Los Angeles Clippers, number okay. two. Okay. The uh, Los Angeles Lakers, number three. Uh-huh. The Portland Trailblazers, number four. Uh-huh. And the Utah Jazz at number five. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You say the Jazz at number five? No, Golden State at number five. I'm messing Who with you. Got? you. <laughs> no, I'm just messing with you, man. Golden State at number you five. You got Golden State at number five. Right now, even I with Clay Hurts, Curry you still got him at number five. Yes, if Steph Curry is the MVP that the that, that the media tried to make us love and force down our throat, he better they better be a top five seed. So here's the thing. All right, so I got it. So you got Rockets, Clippers, Lakers, 
Trailblazers and Golden State. All right. And let me give you mine. So I got Clippers, right? Then I got uh Rockets. And after that I have the uh the Jazz. I got the Nuggets. And then I have uh Golden State. Because I think as a six no Golden State is as the fifteenth. So my yeah, yeah, my top five is Clippers, Rockets, Jazz, Nuggets, and Golden State. Oh, no Lakers. Uh, wow. No, no, no Lakers. And look, and when we come back from the break, I'm gonna tell you why I did not put the Lakers in my top five. They old, bro. It they old. It's like you going to Mary Bates right now and playing against some of them dudes. You'd be like, bro, this ain't even fair, right? <laughs> we'll be back. Looking for a one-stop shop for all your audio and video needs? Then look no further than Always Press Record Productions. With over 100 hours of original content produced, Always Press Record Productions has an experienced staff on hand ready to assist you with all your YouTube, podcast, and music video needs. Check them out at alwayspressrecord.com. Once again, that's alwayspressrecord.com. And remember, they press record and you become the star. Hey, welcome back. You're tuning in to the Sports Talk with Big Sarge podcast. I'm your host, Big Sarge. And I got with me today my nephew, Bryson, who is the Red Nation blogger on Twitter. And he runs the Bias Sports Talk group on Facebook. I got a question for you before we jump back into the top five. How did you, like, how did you become the Red Nation blogger? Oh, man, that name just came to me one day. I was looking for a new Twitter handle, and I was just like, Red Nation. And then I was like, at the time, I used to blog and just write little blogs, and I was like, blogging. And then it just stuck. And so how long have you been doing that? How long have you been the Red Nation blogger? Man, at least three years, at least. And because you have a nice little following there as well. Oh yeah, definitely. A lot. It's a lot of different things over time that help me get to the point to where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> and now you also, like I said, you are one of the admins of the Bias Sports Talk Group. How did you all start that? Um, I, I was actually running a another group of my own, um, called the like the Roundtable on Facebook, and like it was it was cool, but it wasn't like as active as I wanted it to be. And one of my friends uh, invited me to Bias Sports Talk. And that group was up and coming. And um, so I was like, you know what? I like the activity on there. I liquidated my group and moved. And I said, listen, we all just going to go here. And, you know, once I did that, the admin of the, who was running that group at the time decided to bring me on as one of the admins. And then we just been trying to get better and bigger from there and trying to expand. It really is a it, it really is a, a, a different group. I will say that. Now, here's the thing that I, that I want to ask you now that I have you on uh, on this podcast with me. Some of the things you say on Twitter, trolling or just to start a conversation? Can you repeat that for me? (laughs) I said, said, some of the the things you say on Twitter, Mm -hmm. is it trolling or is it a conversation starter? Some it's a little bit of both, you know. Sometimes I I really will I really will dig deep into my brain and come up with something that I know will trigger people, but at the same time, it's truth to it. For example. And, you know, I don't want anybody to say I'm being extreme or I'm being extra or something, but it's all just a joke. 
But James Harden, like you said in the media, gets a really bad rep. I mean, when he does anything, oh, this player could have did they, they They took that many shots. He's not a great passer, despite him always being top 10 in assists since he became a Rocket. Mike D'Antoni's system made him, despite him being an MVP candidate before Mike D'Antoni got hired. Uh, just everything that they say about James Harden is just like it's, it's so ridiculous and nitpicky. And I feel like outside of LeBron James, he is the most nitpicked athlete in the NBA, and, and he might be on the level of LeBron James now in terms of just people just nitpicking at his game. But I made a post, which is, was an obvious troll, but it was like, well, who gets more hate? You know, James Harden. Wait, hold on. Say it. Say it again. You went out. James Harden or who? Or, or Jackie Robinson. And I know it's a joke. It's a joke. It's a troll. <laughs> but it's just to make people understand, like, the way that y'all hate him and the things that y'all say the lengths that y'all will go to to, like, discredit this man is the same type of scrutiny, like, that Jackie Robinson faced over basically nothing. Like, just literally for existing, you know? So it's not extreme, obviously, but it's still just once it makes people put it into perspective. It definitely does. And because, like I said earlier, you know, I'm a Thunder fan. And people say, well, you take up for the Rockets because you cover them. And, you know, you, you're always around the team. And I was like, no, I don't take up for, for the Rockets because of that. I said, I, I, I report from an unbiased view. When I when I get to talking, I'm, everything that I say, bro, is from an unbiased view. Unless we talking, if we start saying, okay, so as a fan, how do you feel? Then I'll tell you how I feel as a fan. But unbiasedly, one, James Harden is is by far top three player in the NBA. You could have just and, said best player. It's okay. Huh? You could have just said best player in the NBA and left it at that. No, I don't because I don't think that James Harden is better than Kevin Durant. It's okay. And and I'm not saying and Kevin Durant's my favorite player, but I mean when you got a guy that size that can do what he can can do and how he can change the the, the dynamics of an entire game. I mean, look at what he scored eleven points in twelve minutes. In Game Five of the Finals, and look, look how uh, uh, Toronto was, you know, like struggling to to keep up with him and saying like we don't even know what to do. So imagine if he would have played the entire five games. I digress. James Harden is now. I, I say he's top three in the NBA, but he's the number one dual threat uh, player in the NBA. Nobody has a quicker first step than James Harden in the NBA. You can't name me, and I know you you, you agree with me, but <laughs> nobody can name me anybody with a quicker first step. And not only that, because that first step can turn into either I'm going to blow by you or a jab step just enough to get the shot off, which is the second part of his game. You can't back up off of him because he's going to shoot. And you can't get up on him because he's going to go around you. And he's, li he's liable to go around you and dunk or throw the alley up to Clint Capella. And so people start saying, nah, you're just saying that because you're from Houston. Other, And I mean, I'm talking about national guys saying, nah, you don't know what you're talking about. I said, well, tell me somebody else who can. I said, y'all say that he circumvents the rules because he gets to the, you know, to the free throw line a lot. I said, that's the same thing they said about Bill Belichick. Every year, Bill Belichick comes up with something new uh, for the New England Patriots that's inside of the rule book. I said, you can't blame James Harden because he read the rule book and he knows that his step back is not a travel. If you watch James Harden, because, you know, I watch James Harden when he's with the Thunder, but he's like, he has evolved so much since he's gotten with the Rockets. And every year, he adds something new to that's his crazy. game. 
Nobody was doing the step back before James Harden. And it's not a travel. It's like he's traveling. And the refs had to come out and say, it's not a travel. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I, I definitely agree with you. And he is by far one of the most hated. I, I, I won't forget, man. It was game. Was it game two that James Harden got hurt when he got raked across the eyes against yeah. Golden State? Bro, do you know that the Golden State Warriors fans were calling him the female anatomy, saying that he was faking? And even afterwards, I had to go on social media and defend him because, like, they're like James. I said, "How do you fake blood in your eyes? How do you, how do you fake?" So yes, he is one of the most hated. Now I want to get back to my uh, my, my top five. Once again, you tune into the Sports Talk with Big Sarge podcast. I got uh, my nephew Bryson. From uh, he's the Red Nation blogger on Twitter, and he's one of the admins of the uh, Bias Sports Talk group on Facebook. So now I'm gonna I will, I'm gonna go back over your top five. You got Houston, the Clippers, L.A. Trailblazers, and Golden State. I have the Clippers, the Rockets, Jazz, the Nuggets, and Golden State. Now you wondered why I did not put in the like, uh, Lakers, right? Yes, sir. What, you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna ask you. Why do you have the Lakers? I mean, it's it's for me. It's a it's a it's a respect thing with LeBron and Anthony Davis. That connection, that pick and roll that they're gonna play, that ISO, the passes that LeBron James is gonna make this year to those shooters, the backup big that they have in McGee, the length, the running that they're gonna do next year, is you know they still have they didn't have Kuzma's like a third you know scoring option in the half court, like. They're going to be a really tough team to beat. And, when, and, and to me personally, when you have a locked-in LeBron James, that's better than Damian Lillard. Anything that Damian Lillard and McCullough can do, that's be- they're going to be better than them. Anything that Donovan Mitchell and, and Mike Conley can do, LeBron James and Anthony Davis are going to be better than that. And, uh, you know, the only, the only teams in, that have players in the league that can match that type of output from those two players are the Rockets and the Clippers, which is why I also have them in my top three. But when you're talking about, you know, even Golden State to a certain degree, Golden State, if if LeBron and Anthony Davis are locked in and playing their best ball, there's nothing Steph Curry and Klay Thompson can do. So before I, before I retort, which I have a retort, but before I do that, but you was the same one that said Anthony Davis ain't a top five player. He's not. I think it's a difference between top five player and top five talent because I will put Damian Lillard in the top five players before I put Anthony Davis there. And I know Anthony Davis is a far more talented player than him, but you have to prove that. You have to go out on the floor. You cannot say, I'm the MVP, I'm the best player in the league, and then quit on your team and then not make the playoffs. You cannot do that. It's just like LeBron can't get away with saying, I'm going to activate playoff mode and then go – win five games of 28 down the stretch. You think Anthony Davis quit on his team? You think Anthony Davis quit and they didn't shut him down? They shut him they shut him down ultimately because he quit. It was it was both. It was it's not it's not strictly on AD. It's not strictly on the organization. Both of them mutually agreed to shut him down. The the Pelicans didn't want him to play there if he didn't want to be there. I mean, the guy mid-season basically said he wanted to go to L.A. He had his mind made up once he had the dinner with LeBron James. Okay, so so let me ask you a question. You don't – because you also mentioned on Twitter that, you know, he's only been to the playoffs twice, right? Yes, sir. Out of seven years that he's five been Five wins. Year. Five playoff wins total. Five playoff Top wins five total. Players. Have you ever taken a look 
at the roster that was around him. That see, that's what I'm saying. Even to leave that roster that he had before he got Drew Holiday, and before even before he got Boogie Cousins, he only had him half a season. Even, I look it, at, I, I I I hear you. I didn't mean to cut you off. I hear no, go you. Ahead. But the difference is I've seen James Harden with Costas Papa looking out, with Jason Terry, with Pablo Prigioni, with Terrence Jones, with the Dwight Howard on the torn meniscus, you know, with Josh Smith, with, with Brewer, guys that were bought out, traded by teams. I've seen him go to the Western Conference Finals, win 55 games. With Patrick so hold on, Beverly wait, missing, whoa. With Patrick Beverly oh. missing 30 games, with Dwight missing 41 games, with Debo missing the last 18 down the stretch and missing the entire playoffs. I've seen Harden still lead his team to the second seed in the West. So, and AD is more talented than him, but can I do the same because he doesn't have the best help? The year that the Rockets went to the Western Conference Finals, is that the year they came back on the Clippers? Yes. That's the that, – that, When they were they, down 3-1. They were down 3-1. They came back and beat them, right? Yes, sir. So do you – Josh Smith was on that team too, right? Yes. Corey Brewer was on that team? Really good players. Josh Smith? Josh Smith was bought out by the Pistons that year and came to Houston. Yeah, but Josh Smith was good when he was in Atlanta. He was uh, okay when he got here. All I'm asking is this. When they made that run, because Kevin McHale was the coach, right? Yes, sir. What was James Harden when they made that comeback uh, when they were down by double digits? He was on the bench that one game of that seven-game series. It was the one game. It was the elimination game, correct? Yes, sir. So, all right, now. Fast forward. I'm, I'm not going to even keep going down there. Let's fast forward to, well, what about when they played the Spurs when the Spurs had a, like a team that should have been playing down at Emancipation Park? <laughs> Tell my 2017? Yes. I, I don't give him a pass for that. I give him criticism. You're not going to see me give him a pass like people give AD a pass. He, he did not show up that series. No, not that series. Game The end of game five, the, the second half of overtime. And, you know, the second half of the game into overtime, he did not show up like he played in the first half. Game six, he didn't even come to the Toyota Center. I don't know who that was in James Harden's body. I'm and not so, going to defend him for that. I will never <laughs> defend that type of effort. Okay, and so what I'm, what I'm going to say is this, is that – and you remember in, in that series against the Spurs, game five, he got his shot blocked by Manu Ginobili who can't even jump over a piece of paper. But he came from behind him and the shot clock was going down. Let's use the context. <laughs> it wasn't like it was a 424. Manu Ginobili came and he was guarding from the front one-on-one and just blocked him. It was like a desperation heave and Ginobili would just happen to be behind him and he blocked it from the back. Harden didn't see him. So where's the court awareness, though? The clock was going down with like one or two seconds left, so you have to just shoot. He didn't have time to do a move or go into a dribble. He had to shoot the ball, and he got it blocked. That's all yes. I'm saying. Of course. So, so, so as I digress back to AD, right? If you look at the the, the players that w- was around him, uh, you know, even from his rookie season on, he never really had any talent. And so by the time he did get talent, right, by the time he did get talent around him, what happened, bro? He was seeded number six, and they swept the number three team in the Western Conference. They swept. And it's funny because people say, well, that's just the Portland Trailblazers. You mean the same Portland Trailblazers that went back to the – I mean, who, not went back, but went to the Western Conference Finals the next year. Just last next year, year, AD – just last year, AD swept – the Portland Trailblazers, not just beat them like 4-2. They swept them. But Drew Holiday was, was hooping. Of... Rondo was hooping. 
Meritick was they, hooping. But they couldn't have hooped like that without having a without the attention being course, focused on AD. No, no, you are hundred percent right. That's why I know Anthony Davis can give me more. If I seen him do that, I know that when he's invested, his team can do that. But he wasn't yes. invested. And, but but and I'm saying it, they never really put that kind of talent around him either in his in the earlier years. So you know what I I, I think I did it. Um, I think last year I did a show called The Rule of Sevens because after year seven LeBron was done, like he was done after year seven KD was pretty much done. That was year seven for for him. Paul George I think he played seven years for the Indiana Pacers. Like if you give a job seven years and you never get promoted at some point, you got to be like, bro, this ain't the job for me. Like I've been doing this same thing for seven years. It's time for me to go. Look, and, and I didn't want to get too long with it. Let me go back. So you're telling me that you got the uh, uh, the Lakers, the number three seed with a team that has Avery Bradley, Reggie Bullock, Caruso, Caldwell Pope, Quinn Cook, Troy Daniels, Demarcus Cousins, Anthony David, Jared Dudley, Horton Tucker, Danny Green, LeBron James, Kuzma, Norvell Jr. McGee, Rondo, Lance Stevenson, and Jonathan Williams. Some a lot of those guys won't be there, but I do. I do. Over. I mean, that's you think Washington can beat the Denver Nuggets? You say can the Lakers beat the Nuggets? Yeah, you think the yes. you think this can without beat? a doubt. What? Without a doubt, I seen a watch Chris Paul with the Rockets with the watch Chris Paul shredded them. That's postseason. LeBron and Anthony Davis in a pick and roll with Jokic defending it. That that is not a good recipe for they. Denver cannot guard the pick and roll at all. That's the one thing that they struggle with guarding the pick and roll. That would be food for LeBron and AD. But hold on, they got to come back down and and do the same thing with Jokic, with the Joker, and And Anthony Davis and and Murray, And, and they shoot and they have some really good shooters on that team too. So that's very what true. What I'm saying is, I don't. Their roster doesn't scare me. After, I put it like this: I don't. I, I have AD and LeBron as a good one-two combination, but as a team, no. You got an old Avery Bradley, Caldwell Pope is garbage. Quinn Cook may be pretty good. Caruso, he got a lot of run and burn because nobody really cared. The Lakers were out of the playoffs, so he looked great. But then you still got Rondo. You don't know what you're going to get from DeMarcus Cousins. You brought back Lansing. Jared Dudley. Danny Green has gotten long in the tooth. Like, you can't name me five Danny Green great moments from this, this past year's playoffs. And so that's why I don't look at them as a team. Also, you've been watching basketball a long time, right, Bryson? Yes, sir. What did year 17 look like for Kobe? You know, and, and and you're right about that. I have thought about that. I'm like, this man about to be 35 years old. But the fact the fact that we haven't even having this conversation of them being potential contenders in the West speaks to how great he is. Yeah, but so the one thing that the, the downfall for Kobe was he had entirely too much basketball on his body. So when he blew his Achilles, that that was it for him. He was done. But they said that Kobe had enough basketball on his body for two players. If that's the case, LeBron got enough basketball on his body for three players. You think about it. For eight straight years, he played from the start of the season to the end of the season for eight years straight. And now he's going into year 17. That's a lot. 
And you look at it like this. LeBron never had a significant injury. This first injury that he had kept him out longer than that. Than he had an injury. Yeah. Because he's old. Take it from an old man. Listen, my well, well, look, the, the other day my back started hurting. I was like, ah, right, yeah, I'm good. Man, I tried to get up and that thing caught me so quick. The older <laughs> you get, the longer it takes for you to heal from, you know, from injury. So I don't have the Lakers. I, I, I think that the Jazz are really good only because they got my, I want to see if Mike Conley Jr. makes it past the All-Star break, then I can see the Jazz having a good team. But other than that, so I can't put the Lakers – in there just yet because I don't think that a year 17 LeBron, like AD going to be like, I'm ready to run. But a year 17 LeBron, even when he was healthy, they say, well, they were like at the number four seed. Yeah, but you also had other players on that team who was balling out of control too. I really honestly, truly, let, let me ask you this, Bryson. Do you think that they're going to miss the on-ball defense of, Lonzo Ball because now they have nobody to play deep. Kuzma is terrible on defense. Yeah, he is. But I Lonzo mean, definitely Ball Lonzo be- Ball's perimeter defender. Even in year one, when the Rockets had uh Chris, the good Chris Paul, Lonzo gave him problems. He mm-hmm. couldn't get. He he was not getting past Lonzo. It was you had then you had to get hard. Then you had to give Harden the ball with Lonzo Gardner because Chris Paul could not get past Lonzo. Lonzo is a really really terrific um, perimeter defender and defender overall. He has real good intangibles on that end. They're gonna miss Brandon Ingram. They're gonna miss Lonzo Ball. But at the end of the day, when you got a time to get when you got a chance to get a player like Anthony Davis, it's a no brainer. Yeah. I agree. I just don't. I I just need to know where the defense is going to come from, especially the. Political. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna see. I really feel like when when you play in and, and you're an athlete and you're like Avery Bradley went to you know he was in the Eastern Conference Finals the year that they had Isaiah Thomas. That was 2017. He hasn't played competitive basketball on a deep on a good playoff team in a long time. He's going to be hungry. You know what I'm saying? And then you got Danny Green, who's fresh off a championship, playing with another team. He's another good defender. He gives Harden more problems defensively than Kawhi Leonard ever has. People but aren't you talking about two? You got you talking about two players who coming from the East that that didn't play strong competition every night. Danny Green like played. Danny Green played with the Spurs for like eight years. He used I to know, it. I know, but he's come now. He's coming back from playing in the East where they wouldn't play like the Hawks, where they wouldn't play like the Charlotte Hornets. And what I'm saying is, is now you got Danny Green. I put it like this. Danny Green, you put him on the court against Sacramento. Have you watched the way Sacramento runs? No, Sacramento, good. And you see what I'm saying? So you got to play them on a consistent basis. Phoenix, with the new coach that they have, they're going to be good. So what I'm saying is, like, so who going to stop? You know, when they, okay, so they got the young guns up, up in the Kings with De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Hill. Like, that's going to put a lot of pressure on the on the Lakers to have to stop them. That's the first thing. But then when they got to play Devin, who going to check Devin Booker from them? Avery Bradley can't check Devin Booker. Yeah, but I mean, that's – it won't matter because on the other end, you have LeBron and Anthony Davis. The production that they give you will cancel out anything. Like, that's why I'm telling you, like, the production that a, a healthy LeBron and Anthony Davis can give you is yeah. more than – like, not many teams in the NBA can match it. Kawhi and Paul George, they can match it. Harden and Westbrook, they can match it. Denver, to an extent, Denver cannot match that explosiplessness. They could, they was, they were struggling to score with Portland. 
I'm just and I'm not saying Portland is like a, a bad team, but Portland, that's another team. Dame and CJ can play their best basketball. If LeBron and AD on the other end playing their basketball, best basketball, it will not matter. Well, I put it like this: Can we revisit this at the All Star break? Of course, definitely. Hey, look, I got We got to get ready to get up out of here. But before we do, I got one more question for you. I want to bring it back to the hometown team, the Houston Rockets. Okay, is Mike D'Antoni on the hot seat? Definitely, definitely. I do. I do feel like the seat is warm. If he wasn't, they would have extended him with no issues when the contract talks. But the fact that you know Tim Fertitta gave him. Uh, whatever deal that was where he gets a million-dollar bonus for every round that he wins, but the bonus doesn't kick in until after the, the first round. And, you know, all those those incentivized deals. That you, and, you know, Mike D'Antoni, like, no thanks, I'll just stick to my old deal, you know, and not take yeah. that one. You know, uh, if that's you know if that's the case, then, yeah, he's definitely on a high seat. You know, Mike D'Antoni definitely feeling some heat. I feel like he gets a, a little bit of a bad rep, but, hey, you know, whatever. Yeah, they're gonna. I feel like you know. I I agree with you. All right, tell them where they can find you. Oh uh, yeah, Red Nation Blogger on Twitter. Um, that's Blogger with an A, not an E R. And uh, also on um, Facebook by Sports Talk. One of the admins. I help run the group. It's fun. It's just. It's basically just as active as Twitter is, but it's like just as fun too. Good debates. Good sports. Everything. Yeah, man. Hey, I'm, I'm gonna have to re- rejoin that group. Can you send me an invite? Yeah, I got you, man. All right, listen now, and, and before I get get ready to get up out of here, I'm gonna finally give you what you've been wanting for a long time. All right. All right. You you ready for this? You you, you sure you ready for this? Can you hear me? Yeah, now I can hear you. Okay. So you sure you're ready for this? I'm listening, man. I'm all ears. You wanted to know what I knew about Chris Paul, right? Okay. So at the end of the season, during the exit interviews. Chris Paul went to Tilma Fertitta. See, everybody's been focused on what he said to Daryl Morey. It's not what he said to Daryl Morey. It's what he said to Tilma Fertitta. He told Tilma Fertitta, I can't play on this team anymore if you're going to keep Mike D'Antoni as the coach. And if you're going to, and if Mike, Dan, and, and I can't play with James Harden. This is, this is, and when I tell you that this comes from a very, very, very reliable source, a very reliable source. He says he he went to, and he went to Tillman because him and Tillman thinks the same way. You remember Tillman inherited Mike D'Antoni and Daryl Moore. These aren't his guys, and Tillman is a winner. All he wants to do is win. So Chris Paul went to him and says, "Mike D'Antoni's system is good for regular season. It's not good for the playoffs. And James is on the ball entirely too much because he likes to uh, pad his stats." That was the downfall. So you remember uh, May 18th when I put up, wait, CP3, and I put all those eye emojis? Yeah. That's what it was from. I knew that if – Chris Paul says that James Harden likes to play on the ball so he can pad his stats. Exactly. He says that he he pads his stats. That's what the disconnect was between those two. That's why if you remember at the end of game six against the Golden State Warriors – Chris came in right after D'Antoni left when it was supposed to be Steve Kirk. But D'Antoni, I mean, D'Antoni left, and all of a sudden Chris came in. Normally they are together. He went right then and he was gone. And then James came in last. The rift had already started. You know how they say, you know how people have went on and said, man, there wasn't any beef in the locker room after game six. They're yeah. lying, bro. <laughs> They're lying. And I know what Austin Rivers has said. I'm not, listen, I wasn't in the locker room, 
let's just say that as soon as that was, as soon as everything was over, I found out what was going on. Yeah. So I knew that Chris Paul wasn't going to be here for long. I actually, he was here longer than I thought he, you know, he was here longer. So now I'm saying, well, maybe they worked it out. But you see that he's gone now. So that's what I've been saying. But, you know, you can't put that type of stuff out all the time because then people be like, you lying, fake news, blase, yeah. blase, that. And I'm not one of those, you know, hot take type person. I ain't here for clickbait. So that's why I never said nothing. I yeah. just kept it to myself. But now that Chris is gone, I can say it. That's why I told Vincent Goodwill, you're a liar. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I've been holding, bro, for the longest. Man, that's so, that's actually like some bombshells right there. You see what I'm saying? And, I, and look, so I could have dropped that a long time ago, but you know, then I would have been in the battle with everybody saying that I don't know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. And, and, and the I trade like never goes down, then people are looking at you crazy. Exactly. Exactly. And here's the thing, too. What I just told you was almost verbatim out of Chris Paul's mouth. And I know people are going to come back after they listen to this and be like, you're lying, you're lying. All right. All right. You just do your own research. Talk to some people and and, and find out for yourself. But look, man, I, I, I appreciate you being on, man. I got to have you on again. Can I can I get you get you on at, at least? You know, maybe like in the next couple of weeks, so we can see where you know we we are with the Rocket Summer League and things. Most like definitely, that. most definitely. All right, man, appreciate it, bro. Hey, once again, you've been tuned into the Sports Talk of Big Sarge podcast. I like to thank uh, Mr. Bryce Arbuckle, who is the Red Nation blogger. That's with the A at the end on Twitter, and uh, the Buy Sports Talk uh, Talk Group on Facebook. And don't forget, follow me, Big Sarge Sports with a Z on Instagram and Twitter. And BigStarSports.com. I'm out. All right, brother. Have a good one now.